0: This is Tech Talk with your host, Tom Dioria. Tom will spend the next hour making your life with technology a little easier with explanations of the different aspects of today's technology and how it can benefit your home, small office, or enterprise. Now, here's your host, Tom Dioria. Welcome to IMI's Tech Talk. It's the second Sunday of January. It's January 10th, 2016. We're on at 5 p.m. in the New York listening area and 3 p.m. in Arizona. And we're live from our New York offices. And we're going to be discussing uh, what happened uh, last week at CES 2016 with our guest Josh Davis. Um, As you know, we usually cover CES, but uh, due to uh, some uh, medical problems within my family, I was unable to go. So luckily we were able to get Josh to tell us his impression of uh, what was there. So we're looking forward to that. I'm Tom Diori, I'm the CEO of Information Methods Incorporated. Together with our weekly guests, our sure show will help our listeners, whether a business or home technology user, make better use of all aspects of technology. Just in case you're a first-time listener, in our first segment, Tech Talk provides you with a review of last week's most significant events in technology. We start with our increased coverage of New York's technology scene. And we follow this with an industry-wide report, which will information on conferences. Announcements by vendors, new releases, software or equipment, or new contract opportunities. One of our guests followed us from many aspects of business and industry, and if you wish us to consider a topic for a future show, you can email your suggestions to Tech Talk, that's T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at imidsu dot com. we'll get back to you pretty quickly. Anytime after our show introduction, please give us a call or send an email message with questions on today's topic or anything else we might be able to help you with. You can call 277-KFNX. That's two seven seven five three six nine. And if you're outside the six oh two listening area, call us toll-free at one eight six six five three six eleven hundred. You can send us uh, email questions at tech at imi-us.com. We monitor that throughout the show. And if we don't get you a question on today's show, we'll definitely send you a response and uh be trying it on next week. We're also being simulcast on the web. So if you can't get to your radio and you want to listen to us live, you can go to KFNX's website, which is 1100kfnx.com. And if you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous shows, you can go to our website, which is imi-us.com. In the upper right-hand corner is the Tech Talk button. Click on that. All the shows are there. You can download them, send them to your friends, listen to them as many times as you want. It's free. So please uh, take advantage of that and please go on anytime during the show and we'll try and get you on as quickly as possible. First segment is how we can review is it. our increased coverage of technology events in New York City and around the world. It's compiled by Jose Batista, Dave Brandon, and Dan Dioria. Okay, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to tell you. Uh, I want to lead uh, with something we heard about at. Uh, CES, which is a little off the beaten track. U.S. Marshals haul off one wheeled skateboard in a raid at CES. Uh, on Thursday, gadget lovers were treated to a uh, sight of federal law enforcement officials packing up the booth by the Chang Zhu First International Trade, which makes a one wheeled skateboard board called Trata. The raid was prompted by an emergency motion for an injunctive relief filed by a California based future motion, which makes a similar board that balances over a single wheel imaginatively called one wheel. The raid was earlier reported by Bloomberg. The U.S. Marshall Service actions highlighted tensions at the country's biggest consumer gadget trade show over cheap knockoffs and copycats. The annual Las Vegas show often features bargain basement tech that appears to closely resemble existing projects and products. And uh, maybe we'll talk to Josh a little bit about that too. So that was pretty interesting. The knockoff was 550. The real one's 1500. So that'll that'll give you a feel for that. Um, our, our friend Gabe Goldberg sent us something. The uh, wire from Wired. The White House announced a new task force aimed at combating the spread of terrorist networks online and in meetings. In Silicon Valley, with some of the world's most powerful companies, government officials are asking the tech community once more for help. The new group, the Countering Violent Extreme Task Force, will comprise members of the Department of Homeland Security and Department of Justice. The Department of State, meanwhile, will launch a new group called Global Engagement Center, which is designed to help the U.S. government work with partners to spread content Uh, online that counters terrorist propaganda. In a statement the White House confirmed, it would be meeting today with Silicon Valley leaders, reportedly including Apple CEO Tim Cook and representatives from Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, and other companies. Uh, Those same tech companies have not always been so eager or willing to comply, not only because they want to protect their users' rights to privacy and free speech, but also because... um, tech companies aren't adequately equipped to assume the role of the world policeman. That's likely why, according to Reuters, White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest said, he doesn't expect any breakthrough announcements or agreements to emerge. But that's just one discussion, a long conversation that will no doubt extend. Well, all I can say is you guys out there in Silicon Valley, get your act together and help the U.S. Uh, Something uh, local uh, to IMI, Um, a $1.2 billion bioscience and technology center was proposed for Westchester County, New York. Um, It's going to be on Westchester-owned land on the grasslands reservation adjacent to the Westchester Medical Center and New York Medical uh, College. The Westchester Bio Center and Technology Center proposed by Ferrari Associates would be an almost 3 million square foot mixed-use complex of 80 acres. Westchester County Executive Rob Astorino made the announcement last Thursday it's going to hit 12,000 jobs, 4,000 in construction, 8,000 of those permanent, good-paying jobs in the biotech sector, Astorino said. It will have a hotel, some retail and medical facilities, which is the main focus uh, of the project. It's really something that is going to help the economy. It will give an opportunity for today's high school kids. When they come home from college, four, five, six, seven years from now, they'll have good-paying jobs waiting for them, good for them. Okay, Yahoo, uh, loyal users of Yahoo's many services may need to think about alternatives. If a vocal investor gets his way, CNET tells us. Recently, investment firm Starboard Value called on Yahoo for a change in leadership along with more aggressive strategy for a spin-off or sale of the company's core Internet business. Previously, Yahoo said that it was open to selling off its core business, though the board has yet to approve such a sale. Spin spinoff would mean Yahoo would be stripped down to, its, to an entity that's of more interest to investors than everyday computer users. With Yahoo's glory days behind it, CEO Marissa Mayer, has tried to reinvigorate the internet pioneer and keep it alive by focusing on the mobile services such as Yahoo Mail, weather, finance, and sports. She has also tried to make the company a popular media spot, hiring well-known personalities such as uh, journalist Katie Kirk. But Yahoo continues to struggle as it's been outshined in search and email by Google and by the likes of Netflix and Amazon in the entertainment side. So we'll see what happens with that. Keep an eye on it for you. AP News tells us uh, military personnel stationed at Fort Drum in the northern uh, New York will soon get training for solar industry jobs as civilians. According to the governor's office, the inaugural New York based class starts next week uh, through the Federal Solar Ready Vets program. Instructors from the state college in Canton will teach five week classes. The program will help the job placement. New York State Emergency Energy Research and Development Authority is covering the cost for curriculum, development, and training for the first 125 veterans. Later, groups can use the GI Bill Venice to cover training costs. So if you're a vet, you may want to look into that. Cranes tell us that using virtual reality technology from uh, STERV Labs, the Jets conducted a beta test at MetLife Stadium, six home games so far this season. Wearing headphones and Oculus goggles, fans have a choice of six experiences, running out the field with the team, that's the most popular, taking part in coin toss, being on the field for National Anthem, standing on the sideline during the touchdown catch uh, by Brandon Marshall, participating in a flight group performance, or being in the crowd for the J-E-T-S chant. You get 360-degree views, and the sounds are vivid, making you feel as though you're right in the middle of the action. It seems like something straight out of Star Wars. The Jets purchased uh, the technology and began using it during training camp for on-field drills. Several NFL and college teams have done the same, uh, helping quarterbacks in particular train and improve performance by providing a complete vision of field of vision from practices. So we'll see uh, if that catches on. B tells us that Amazon has officially entered the semiconductor market with the news that it is selling its own brand of ARM-based chips to manufacturers. U.S. tech companies went transatlantic on more than a few occasions in their search for innovation, but one of the more curious cases was that Amazon headed to Israel and snapped up Anna pirana Labs for a report of $350 million, the chip design startup was founded in two thousand and eleven though it had largely operated in stealth mode in the years since. It's known that Anna Perana uh, labs was working on ARM based mid-range networking chips for data centers that transmit more data and use less power. Okay, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna get to our guest, Josh Adams. We're gonna review CES two thousand and sixteen. I'm Tom DiRera. And it's Sunday, January tenth. Please stay tuned, we'll be right back after the message.
1: I'm Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm
0: Tom Dioria, the 10th of January 2016, and I mentioned before the break, we're going to be talking about CES uh, 2016. It just ended in Las Vegas. Our guest is Josh Davis. Uh, I said that wrong at the end of the last segment. Josh is also known as the technologist. He joined the ABT team of experts in 2004 as a representative in the small electronics department working for the company runs in the family for Josh as his father is a former employee and his uncle and cousin currently work there a year after being hired Josh spearheaded the Apple Boutique opening and now serves as its manager as uh, he has appeared on numerous television shows including ABC, NBC, Fox and WGN and has been quoted in many publications including USA Today, Reuters, The LA Times and The Daily Herald Josh, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. So We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, this is the first time we missed the show, so I'm looking uh, forward to hearing about it. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit, just in case we have some new ones, what CES is all about uh, and uh, why you attend, and then
1: we can get into some of the technology that you saw there. Sure. Well, App Electronics, we're uh, one of the, the single largest retailers pretty much across uh, the nation. And, uh, you know, app.com serves as a place where people can go to purchase electronics and appliances. We have this giant retail store just north of Chicago. And um, primarily, you know, where we have all of our buyers attending CES. And that's the, the primary function is the, the app buyers across all departments attend CES to find out, and meet with vendors kind of behind closed doors, not so much walking the floors of all the cool displays. They are kind of have these meetings behind the scenes to kind of figure out, you know, what's the game plan for the future, maybe iron out some questions between vendors, and it's a lot of meetings that they attend. So my cruise team, we um, kind of, the guys that run our uh, production group for our YouTube channel, we got a couple guys that really bang out all these videos, product reviews, unboxings. And uh, my goal with them is to kind of cruise the floor, all the displays across all of CES, and just see what's going on there and just bang out these little interviews that we post on our app YouTube channel. So that's our, our goal. we got about 180 different interviews, so we were working really hard from Monday to Friday. Uh, what's,
0: give our listeners what that uh, YouTube channel is so that they can go there and uh, follow up
1: on uh, the stuff you're going to tell us about today. So the easiest way to do it, I would suggest, is just go to app.com, that's dot com. and at the bottom of our main website, uh, feel free to shop around, but if you want to check out the YouTube channel, on the bottom we've got that row of social media icons, one of which links you straight to our app YouTube channel. Okay, so um, usually there's a lot
0: about uh, virtual, re- virtual reality going on. Um, what did you see this year that uh,
1: caught your eye? But virtual reality was uh, a theme that I would say is the number one theme across the entire event is virtual reality, uh, 3D production, kind of all the faces to it. So you have headsets, like the very popular Oculus Rift finally is now being sold to the public. During CES, they launched the ability for you to order one. And that's the headset you put on your face, and you can have the ability to kind of be immersed into a virtual world. So there was a handful of products similar to that. PlayStation had their variation finally uh, going to be going on sale this year. I got a chance to get real hands-on with the PlayStation VR. And I'm not a gamer, but I had a blast playing a game where I was in this world and people were driving around. There's some weapons involved, and I'm not a violent person, but, yeah, I kind of shot some people and stuff and had a good time. Uh, but being in the virtual world is just tons of fun, and I think there's a lot of applications, just not, not just gaming, like Facebook and YouTube now are going to start to have all sorts of these virtual types of worlds, these 360-degree pictures, 360 uh, videos. So that's kind of already out there. And now what happened at CES is they are now going to be kind of flooding the market. Cameras, camcorders, the ability for you and me to to press a button, and boom, instead of taking a picture or shooting a video, we've just captured up, down, left, right, behind us, up, all over the place. And we are able now to create our, our virtual worlds, or instead of taking pictures, we're doing that. Then you got software side, the guys that are building the games, the guys that are building these virtual tours and virtual worlds. Uh, and then there's bolt mode of accessories. You know, once you're in the virtual world, how do you control it? How do you walk around? You know, you're, you're sitting there holding controllers? No, not at CES. You're, you're going to have this piece, this large kind of circle that you can stand on and literally run in. And you're running in place. Which is at but in that virtual world, you are running around. So lots of different peripherals, lots of means of having your own tools to create, and then of course the, you know, the headsets that really kind of engage people and get them into those worlds. So there's a lot of, a lot of things going on with virtual reality. Okay, so you seem to indicate
0: that they, there's a lot of accessories uh, coming out of that marketplace. Are, are what you saw. Um, Available now, or
1: are these things that are, you know, futuristic? Some of them are coming out soon, like that one piece I referenced of where you're kind of running in place. You know, that product will hit the market this, this year. Uh, some of it's conceptual. So let's see if I can give you an example of conceptual. There was a product called the 3D Rudder, and the purpose was it's just like it kind of looks like a scale. You just set it on the ground, but you're sitting down, you've got your headset on, you're in the virtual world, you got controllers in your hands, but you're freeing up the ability to – you don't need to use your controller to go forward, backwards, to, to start flying in the air. You're utilizing your feet to control the basic functions, and that opens up new abilities for my hands to control different things. Things like that I don't really think are going to hit the market you know, in a month. So there are some conceptual things, but uh, I think there's a good amount of, of, of headsets, for example, that are, are going to be coming out very soon, Gear VR – from uh, the Samsung guys, is the Oculus Rift variation. And uh, their their display was very cool because they were doing a 4D demo. So you're sitting in a chair, and you got the headset on, you're in a virtual world, you're looking around, things are happening, but the chair itself is, is moving your body. You're going left, right, you're shaking, all sorts of things were happening. So that was just for fun, really showing off the fact that you know, the Gear VR headset is something where you could just pop in a, a smartphone from Samsung and you got yourself something equivalent to what Oculus has of its own, Oculus Rift. Now that, sounds, uh, that sounds really cool. Are the,
0: the consumers of uh, virtual reality still the general public
1: or is that starting to change these days? Um, I would say that's that, that goes both ways. You, you have commercial or consumer scenarios here you know for example apt electronics right? our website has like a 3d tour and you could go through our store and look around and kind of get an idea of what our retail store is all about uh, we're very proud of our retail store it's a great location it's cool it's got this big water fountain like it's bellagio it's, it's a fun store to be in but not everyone's in the chicago area so you know we have a variation of a virtual tour and when you compare that type of a virtual tour which is you know, becoming outdated. Or when you look at MLS, you're, you're shopping for a house. There's 3D tours and stuff. And The ways these are being created, that technology is going to be replaced by some of these newer VR scenarios. Same thing with YouTube and, uh, and, uh, YouTube and Facebook. You know, you're going to see video content for, for people or businesses to be consuming. And, but that, that content will be, you know, able to ha- be managed. Uh, an example is I was on a, a football field. This is more consumer-based, but we're looking at a video, and you could probably do this if you go to YouTube right now. There's, um, you're on a football field. There's a marching group of, of, of players coming towards you, and as they come towards you and walk past you, you have the ability to click your mouse and and scooch around, and and they're there they are walking, you know, away from you. You have the ability to manipulate the entire surroundings. And that application will fall into the hands of consumer as well as commercial.
0: Um, Josh, we've got about a minute left. And let's go back to what you're describing about your store and using virtual reality. Does it uh, take anything special for me as as the consumer um,
1: to look at your virtual reality? Do I need special tools? Uh, no, no. If you were to go to our website and do our virtual tour, you know, you're just kind of clicking arrows to go forward, backwards, look around, and stuff like that. And and that goes to say, with, with all the stuff coming out, you know, all these new great technologies that I'm referring to, uh, you could be anyone and be interacting with it. And you're, you're going to go to your Facebook page pretty soon. It's going to be like, happening in the next month or two. And you're going to see pictures being posted by your friends and family. But this time, you're not just going to click the picture and see something. You're going to click the picture or click the video watch it, look at it, and have the ability to scooch around and look around. And you don't need any fancy tools for that. You just need to be able to, you know, click this way or drag that way.
0: Uh, that's pretty cool. Have you um, – well, I'll, I'll ask you this question, but I'll hold it until after the break. Um, have you seen the use of virtual reality help AVT's business? But uh, hold that thought until uh, we come back. Uh, this is Tom DiRi. We're talking to Josh Davis. Uh, about, uh, what he saw at CES 2016. It's the 10th of January. And, um, this is our half hour break, so you're going to hear national news now. But please stay tuned. I'm Tom Fiore. Be right back after these messages. Tech Talk. on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Dioria. Our guest today is Josh Davis from ABT, and we're talking about uh, CES 2016. Um, Josh, before the break, I was just asking you about uh, how has that helped uh, with uh, ABT's business uh, changing the way consumers look at what you have
1: How kind of the virtual reality scenario that we've been talking about? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Well, okay, so a company like us, for example, our YouTube channel is a great example. Um, all year long, whenever there's a new product or maybe something that's not exactly brand new, but it's on our website and we sell it. And when you go to all sorts of websites, you know, from all sorts of businesses, a lot of companies do this. We, we like to, to shoot videos about the product that you're interested in so that you can get more information. So a company like us, it wouldn't be, you know, too far out there that uh, the guys that are shooting these videos are going to shift gears from their, their HD 4K cameras and maybe start utilizing some technologies for, for creating 3D types of videos where you have the ability to, to navigate around and see more and, you know, you know be more interactive with the videos. So that's potential for our product videos that are, you know, we, we put out on apps the, uh, the YouTube channel. But, like, uh, for stores, like, you know, virtual... Tours, So to speak, and this has been going on for a while. It's just not as, it's not as uh, I would say high quality and intuitive as it's becoming where you will be able to kind of look around and tour things and, and check stuff out. So our website, we we would encourage looking inside our building and getting a feel for how our retail store is. So you can get a taste of, you know, who we are and you know, how we do business. Other places like um, Google maps, you'll find a, a location of some retailer some of them have the ability for you to look inside the store and kind of pan around and see what it looks like. So that kind of technology is already out there with virtual tours. I think you're going to see stuff like that just kind of get a little bit more intuitive, get a little bit better quality, and uh, kind of start taking over in the commercial space. But I think the bigger part is that you're going to see it hit hard in the consumer base. You know, people look at their Facebooks every day, and suddenly that news feed is going to change. So this is something that's going to happen this year, and we're all going to see it. That's pretty interesting
0: and a good prediction.
1: Um,
0: when I was there last year, there was a lot going on
1: with drones. What
0: did you see this year?
1: Uh, drones, I would say, almost falls into my second biggest thing. Um, drones have, I'd say, changed quite a bit. And a lot of people are going to ask, well, what what would I need a drone for? I, I don't care about flying a, you know, a fun little helicopter device. I, I, it doesn't really appeal to me. And that question is now answered in several ways. Primarily, it's video recording. And that was most apparent with uh, the wide range of the types of drones that we saw. You know, so there were drones that you and I can buy, and we can take them outdoors. They have cameras. They have the ability for anybody to control them. And that was a big thing where, you know, it's not easy to fly a drone last year. This year, it's becoming more and more easy where, there was even one company who their product was basically, you know, advertised as a drone that you don't even have to fly. So you could basically program this drone. You, you could tap a button to say, okay, I want you to follow me from, from this direction. And then that's all you do. The drone gets up in the air. It goes, it starts recording you. And as I were to, let's say, ski down a, a slope, all right, this drone is just going to know to follow me. And as it follows me, it's recording me. So, we're able to acquire a lot of cool video footage for the world of sports, I would say, the big push. But, I mean, there's way beyond consumer stuff at CES. There is the brand who is responsible for being the drones that were used in creating serious Hollywood level quality stuff, like Game of Thrones. There's a drone that was, you know, recording a whole bunch of stuff at games, the, the, the show Game of Thrones. And this, these drones are huge. angles, and things we could not do without uh, getting in a helicopter and spending probably hundreds of thousands of extra dollars for video production. And Now that's coming to the consumer at the touch of a button. So that was cool. But there's more than that. It goes well more beyond that. This is the first year that I was introduced to you know, these, these gaming drones where, okay, you got racing drones. I didn't even know that existed. But there's drones that are designed for racing. And now to take that VR and bring it over here to drone land, You put on these headsets, these VR headsets, and now that camera on your drone is your perspective. It's as if you've just shrunk into a miniature human being and you're inside the drone as a fly. So that was kind of new for me, and I just thought that was really cool. So people are racing drones, and the perspective they're taking is as if they're inside the drone, and that's just pretty cool stuff. There's drone fighters, people that have these drones that are designed to spy off against, there's all these different faces to the to the world of drones that opened up, I'd say, this year more than ever, and uh, it's pretty cool stuff. Now, is this something you're seeing,
0: uh, first of all, does ABT sell drones, and uh, if you do, have you seen an increase in
1: interest? Oh, uh, yeah. That's um, one of my questions, because that's not in my, my department when I'm out there selling, and I talked to the guys that, that deal with drones, it's funny because... In our store, okay, we've got this massive fish tank, this big, beautiful fish tank, and surrounding the fish tank are camcorders. They're mounted, they're charged, they're ready for you to interact with so that you can get in front of the camcorder you're thinking of purchasing and start looking at the fish tank, zooming in, checking how great it tracks a fish that's moving fast, and and it's a cool way to to, to demo a camcorder. Nowadays, you know, that line of camcorders has shrunk. That's, I think, of interest is that, people aren't buying as many camcorders as we used to because primarily, I would think, uh, our smartphones. Our smartphones can record some pretty darn good video, and people are less and less using handheld camcorders. So, now, the space that opened up are a whole bunch of drones at our store. And we've got the top brands, DJI, 3DR, Unique. Those are the kind of big three brands. And there are there's lots of interest in drones. And uh, my question was, hey, guys, uh, are people coming in to buy a drone because they want to record? They want a great way to record video, and, and that's the the majority of the customers. And their answer is clearly no. People are buying drones because they just want to play. They want to have fun. They want to fly them around. And, and the, the fact that it has amazing video capabilities is secondary to many of our customers. So, you know, it's something that we have on display. Uh, it's not something that we can fly indoors, so it's difficult to, like, show someone a drone. And there's lots of roles with drones, but it's definitely something that kind of penetrated our shelves and as part of our selection, you know, last year, I'd say, is the big year it popped up, and that's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, do they, do they talk
0: at all about the safety factors? You know, is there any uh, drone training so you're not uh, getting in the way of any commercial aircraft or anything, or is that something that's
1: left to the to the buyer? Oh, I, I think... I think that whenever you buy a drone, all the drone companies are kind of on the same page. You open the box, and they all want to make it so that when you open the box and plug it in and get it going and attach your propellers, that boom, you're ready to fly. And everyone's trying to make it, you know, easier. Um, let's see, what's a good example? There was a drone, I forgot the exact model number, but um, I took it out, checked it out, and when you start it, you got to download an app on your smartphone to control this particular drone. And, um, oh, actually, you, know, inside, you don't control it with your smartphone, but your smartphone snaps into the controller. So it becomes your, your eyes and ears. And, uh, what was cool is the app from that company walks you through how to use it and the safety factors and the things you're not supposed to do. Like, you're not allowed to fly your drone over a soccer field of people playing. That's a big no-no. And a lot of these brands shout out kind of what not to do. So but there's also limitations on how high a drone can go, kind of baked into the drone. So you're not going to get into the, uh, commercial you know fly space so i I think that there's i think it's not as intimidating of a problem as some people might think it is
0: okay let's uh, switch gears a little bit uh tvs are always a big thing uh in the last couple of years when i've gone with curved tvs and and the like uh Maybe you can uh, give us your impressions of what you saw that it impressed you. And uh, we've only got about a minute left, so uh, we can continue this after the break. But why don't you start us off?
1: Well, I would say the big part of TVs, um, all the TV hardware and the way the TVs look and all that, nothing really stood out as being just absolutely, you know, major wow factor besides, obviously, there's a lot of thinner ones. The OLEDs are, are kind of gaining traction where you're going to see more OLED-type uh, TVs coming out. And um, I would say what's more more fun to talk about is the 4K content. You know, we we have Blu-ray players that play 4K now. There was a Samsung. There was a Panasonic. And those are hitting the market this year. And that's going to open up a whole giant can of 4K content. And it's going to be a disc. So versus streaming content, it will be better and people that are getting 4K TVs are certainly going to have an amazing amount of new content to really kind of make use of this amazing panel they just bought. So I think 4K TVs, you know, really blossomed with it last year, and I think this is going to be the year where they're really going to just kind of throttle across and 1080p is going to start to disappear. Okay, we have to take a break, uh, Josh,
0: but uh, we just got a a question here from, uh, who's this question from? from uh, Terry uh, asking what 4K is. So uh, hold that thought until we come back from the break. This is Tom DiOrio. We're on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 10th of January, and uh, we're talking to Josh Davis from ABT about uh, what he saw at CES, what impressed him, what uh, what's coming out in technology you should be aware of. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: Hi, my tech talk on KFNX AM
0: 1100. It's the 10th of January, 2016. I'm Tom DeRoy and the show today is a review of CES 2016 with our guest, Josh Davis. And, uh, Josh, before the break, Terry sent us uh, an email asking what 4K is.
1: Uh, I mean, this is a a term that's going to be thrown around for a while now because it's kind of a new standard. Uh, We're talking about more pixels. So, uh, 1080p. You know, the person who asked that question probably has also heard 1080p. Uh, that's the HD that we've all known and loved, and that's the HD that, like a like a Blu-ray player in 1080p, it looks amazing. So when we see just the technology changing, we're, we're going in a trend where there's more and more pixels. The more and more pixels we get, the better quality image we are putting out. So 4K is just that evolution of the next wave. It is basically like four times better than a 1080p TV. Uh, the only problem is content. You know, even 1080p, you're watching your Comcast or whatever your um, cable provider is, you got a, a nice HD box plugged in, chances are you're not watching 1080 p quality coming through. So it's actually a high-definition that's less, to, less than that, and you're not making too much use of these higher-quality screens. Except nowadays, the, the, like a 4K TV is going to take a regular signal coming in from your cable box, and it's going to upscale it. And it will look better than a 1080p TV, uh, but it's not coming in at the 4K quality. So now you'll get new content that is sending out that 4K quality. Uh, In the end, it means better pictures, big time.
0: Okay, um, wearables. We saw a lot going on last year. Did you see anything that caught your eye this
1: year? Uh, Wearables? I'd say really a kind of a, a fun topic. Nothing that stood out as just being the, the coolest thing in the world. You know, some big updates to some big names. Like, there's a new Fitbit product in the shape kind of like a watch. And it was, you know, it has some good updates. Uh, the brand Mistit had some cool stuff. You know, that might be a good one to reference because um, you've heard of Internet of Things connecting everything. You know, there's a a, a pot that you put plants in. And it's all set up to, to water itself. And, you know, the concept is connecting things to, to the Internet that are not currently connected. So the, the guys at Misfit are bringing that on the table with their wearable. Here's an example. You've got a pair of headphones. You go for a run. And the headphones actually have, you know, you've heard of the Fitbit. People wear these little things on their, their wrist. They walk around. It tracks their information. Well, the guys at Misfit took that type of product, which they up separately, and they integrated it into your headphones. <clears throat> so you go for a run. You listen to your music, you work out. The tracking device is kind of a part of your headphones, and it's doing all that. Now, I get home. I want to unlock my back door. I didn't bring my key with me, and that's okay because the Misfit product allows me to basically tap it a couple times a certain way. It unlocks my back door. And that's because of HomeKit and the ability to take that, you know, that connected lock from a different company. And that connected lock from the other company talks to this company's wearable. So a uh, big theme for for everything being connected is that companies are all kind of jumping into the same types of technology to talk to each other. And the guys at Fitbit, I mean, uh, at Misfit, brought that to a pair of new headphones. And that was pretty cool. So I'd say that one of the products from Misfit was a, a pretty neat product for uh, tying in that all things connected. But outside of that, the only other thing for wearables, let's see. I think that was a big one. There was some cool connected stuff that was related. But as far as wearable goes, that probably was, I I think the Fitbit, um, their new watch was just, uh, I'd say, probably the coolest they've ever came out with. Startups. Any new
0: startups that brought products that you hadn't seen before?
1: Uh, Startups are goofy. There's some weird things at startups. So that's a lot of fun, but it's hard to really, I mean, I can tell you, like, there was um, a home brewing kit. Do it yourself, make your own beer. You know, stuff like that that's kind of interesting and fun. There was a product that you put across your head, and it's going to regrow your hair. <laughs> you know, But that was a, a low-level ultraviolet, I think, uh, therapy that was a, a big theme across, like, four different vendors to grow your hair back and make your skin on your face better and stuff like that. So they're all kind of fun to check out. Um, my favorite of all of it is kind of nerdy. There was a, actually a university, uh, Future Worlds. It was a university. Uh, I think it was out somewhere in the U.K., and the university has this thing called the incubator, and they have all sorts of neat things involved. Uh, the coolest thing was this product where, and this has it was kind of a concept, but they showed an example. So the idea was the ability to uh, edit um uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say you got a relic, like this old stone tablet with ancient hieroglyphics. And, you know, photographers will take pictures. This product they offered was a lighting system and software. And together, basically after a minute of doing this business, after the fact, a month later you're looking at the image, you could change the lighting in the image. So I can say, I want the light to come in from the right. I want the light to come in from the left. And you could toggle the lighting in that picture to reveal different elements of the uh, image's, uh, you know, uh, content. So that one you kind of have to see. You might want to check that one out on the app YouTube channel to see I'm talking about. But that was cool. Um, you know, I think there are some neat accessories for virtual reality, the Indotrack. The Indotrack, imagine 10 people in a basketball court walking around with headsets like uh, Oculus uh, Rifts, and they're all in the same virtual world. They're all playing some game together, and the Indotrek guys have an adapter on each of their heads, basically, to talk to their product in the ceiling. And you can walk around this whole gym in this big open space, and you're actually moving around the virtual world. So cool accessory idea for the virtual world product line. I'd say uh, those are the biggies for me.
0: Josh, 3D printing has come a long way from uh, when we saw it two or three years ago. Um has
1: it progressed even farther? It really has, and this one's this one's a little out of my league because it's really progressed in the commercial space. Um, so, printers. If you've ever seen one work, let's say I want to print a little um, a, a little statue, a little mini figurine. In 3D printers, they utilize like a, a filament a plastic, and it goes back and forth and lays a little plastic down. It dries it real fast, but it keeps doing that over and over again. And a little knickknack could take like six, seven, eight hours to finish printing. And that's what's in, you know, people's houses that bought a, a 3D printer are having fun with it. Now, there's a, a whole different method that was pretty cool. What well, could take seven hours is going to take a, a newer technologies machine like 20 minutes. And it's not going back and forth. It's not laying a filament. It's basically, and this is so weird to explain, but it's like a vat of resin, like a vat of a liquidy substance and a projector kind of shines a light into this vat of, of liquid resin, and it creates the shape, like it projects the shape in this vat of resin, and it basically just becomes the uh, the, uh, the finished product. It just comes right out of this bath of this liquid. It drips, and it's all done. So, there was a couple companies that did that. The big one, I would say, is 3D Systems. Man, those guys are on top of their game. That's, well, that was the most impressive thing. And they've got a system, I was scared of it. It reminded me of an old Superman movie where they walk up to this giant machine inside this cave and it looks like they're going to get stuck in it or something. And it prints with metals. So it's a metal 3D printer. And I don't know how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars it costs. Uh, A business can buy it. But what's cool about it is, let's say I've got a great idea for a small product that I want printed. I can't afford to do that. But a company like that, they've got like, whole farms of their machines waiting for orders. And you could say, I want to print a thousand of these cool keychains I designed. And you build a 3D file, you send it to them, they quote it, and they can print the whole thing out for you. So, I think it was cool. I didn't get any hands-on with the health stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's printing out, you know, for the health industry, and that I did not really see too much of. But I'd say it's come a very long way. Um, last
0: last. Lastly, uh, and maybe uh, the last minute that we have, you mentioned the Internet of Things. Um, is that something that, that uh, really didn't play a major role here?
1: Yeah, it wasn't. Like, last year, the Internet of Things was, I think, a bigger topic. And this year, it still was a big topic, but it was hiding inside stuff. So, like, for example, there's a new uh, Volkswagen bus called the Buddy. And it was awesome. It was a concept, but it was, like, functional. It wasn't, like, there was a future car. And that car was the coolest vehicle I've ever seen. It's an amazing electric vehicle. It looks cool. It can go insanely fast. Everything about it was amazing. But that concept, that, you couldn't drive that thing around. That was a concept. So, Volkswagen and uh, Buddy, they, they drove that thing around uh, Vegas. It was a real vehicle they built. But my point of talking about that is, um, when we talk about everything connected, we're seeing everyone jumping on board. So even this Volkswagen vehicle, it's got a, sk- a whole bunch of screens in it, one of which I could tap a, a button, and the next thing I know, I- I'm looking at inside. Oh, Josh, the- i got to
0: cut you off. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome.
0: I want to thank Terry Girard, President, Dave Brandon, Jose Batista, and Dan Deoria for the weekend review. Taylor Riddens, our producer. Tess Encho is our associate producer. Matt Campagny is our executive producer from the production department. Thank you very much. Have a great week and thanks again for listening.